Episode 272 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. I'm Managing Editor Kirk Semenoff, sitting in for Bill. Something fascinating is on schedule to begin in Valley Center this fall. A 100-unit housing complex made up of 3D-printed homes has been proposed and is supposed to start in October near 77th and Meridian. Graham Crane of The Crane Company joins me to talk about how this unique project got started, how it can help a housing market in need of units, and we also get the CEO's take on the current community housing market. But first, let me tell you about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. This week's cover story is our 2022 Diversity and Inclusion Awards. We recognize Wichita organizations and individuals working at creating a more inclusive and diverse community through business, education, and nonprofits. Our Diversity and Inclusion Awards begin on page 13. Our list this week is aviation subcontractors. You know, Spirit Aerosystems is number one, but see other workforce numbers at other Wichita manufacturers beginning on page eight. Our Young Professionals series this month spotlights up and coming professionals in real estate, construction, and design. Meet them beginning on page 57. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly lead section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 69. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Graham Crane is CEO of The Crane Company, a real estate investment firm with its hand in an awful lot of things. It's an independent insurance agency, property management company, commercial loan brokerage, and a construction management firm. Graham, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Kirk, for having me. I really appreciate it. It's the construction management that I'd like to ask you a lot about today after news came out this summer that that a startup from the Crane Company called CC3D, Crane Company 3D, plans to build a first-of-its-kind neighborhood of, of 3D-printed concrete homes, duplexes, in Valley Center. We're, we're talking about 100 rental units on a 20-acre site near, near 77th and Meridian. Talk about, first, what kind of reaction you've had to this project. <laughs> well... <laughs> Uh, I've had a few people look at me cross crossways and think I was an idiot. Um, I've had a few people go, that's really cool. And most people are like, you can 3D print a house? Like I thought 3D printed was plastics or smaller things. And so uh, we've gotten a, a wide array of responses. Um, I think the best response is, is this going to make an impact on affordable housing, uh, available housing and um the, the short answer is that's what we're working towards. Uh, that is our goal. Um, now, are we, are we experts at this? I don't think anybody really is right now. So really, it's going to take some time to get there. Um, but our goal is to, to penetrate the market in, in an affordable, well-built, sustainable housing. And I think that's what's really got, gotten the most attention and been the most exciting about all of, all of this. 
we, we tend to say in the newspaper biz that something is a unique project. Well, this certainly is a unique project. You can't argue with that at all. I want to get more into that. But first, I want to introduce you to people who may not know who you are. Can you talk about your background? Where are you from? And how did you get started in business? Yeah. Um, so I have two wonderful parents that are high school coaches and teachers. Um, and I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, a small town outside of Cincinnati called Hamilton, Ohio. Um, and then, um, you know, went to school, got a degree in sports management, uh, worked at Boston College as an intern, and then uh, worked as a graduate assistant and then full time in the athletic department at Kansas State. Um, and that is essentially the start of becoming a full time Kansan back in 2000. That was 2006. So um, met my wife. She's from Belleville. So, uh, you know, shout out to the small towns in Kansas. Um, Belleville has been great, uh, with the high banks and going up there and getting some, you know, fun experiences, something I never, you know, had seen until I, I met her. So, um, we then had some opportunities and, um, as, as business started, we started buying rentals. We, our salaries weren't great in, in the roles we had in fundraising, um, you know, marketing and, and not only college athletics, but for, um, for in general for different schools. And so we started buying rentals and then quickly ran out of money. And so we we're like, well, how are we gonna scale this? And so we brought on some investors that were small, 25,000, you know, 50,000. And then um, I was asked to change my role in the job I was in. Um, I was in fundraising and they asked me to be in charge of the department. And I said, uh, not, not my cup of tea, I'm, you know, helping I wanna be the athletic director. And that was in 2013, 2014. And we'd had some rentals. So I said, I think I'm going to resign and just run the business. And my wife and I, with at the time, two young children, uh, two and two and maybe almost one at the time, said, let's give it a go. And so we just started buying rentals. And then we realized that when sewers blew up, that was me. Uh, when there was an accounting issue, that was me. When I had to collect rent, that was me. And I was basically pulled in so many directions and we brought on more investors and we started buying apartment complexes. And then, you know, in, in the town we lived in, it was commercial buildings and then it was renovation projects. And it really just, you know, blew up from there. Um, and some of them, my background in marketing and fundraising, we did a really good job of bringing in investors. Um, and from there started buying more and more properties and grew. And, we found holes in the market or areas where we needed help. Uh, insurance and multifamily is not a simple thing. So we brought that to the table um, and we were independent. So we write from multiple carriers all over the United States. Um, management, we you know had third-party managers um, that we worked with, um, but we needed help, support staff. And the only way to fund that is through our own management company. And we cared about the properties more than third party. And so we brought that in-house. Um, we met some great third-party managers, to be clear, and a lot of them here in Wichita, but we just uh, decided that it was going to come in-house. Uh, and then um, we bought out my business partner, uh, the Anderson and Anderson Crane, about five years ago, actually over five years now. And um, just recently, uh, with the redevelopment of CC3D, we brought in just Crane Company, and that's the overarching of those each entity. So uh, the idea being um, is 
with our name, we could find URLs. Uh, we did a rebrand and it was like, what do you do? You really want to use your name? I didn't necessarily want to, but there's not many cranes out there. So we were able to um, URLs, websites, and, um, and get, the, you know, get it structured the way uh, we needed. Mm-hmm. And then uh, really that's where we are now. And that officially hit August 1st is that changeover from Anderson Crane Investment Group to Crane Company. I see. Um, getting your start in sports management uh, and now to where you are now, it doesn't, it, it sounds like you're not afraid to take risks or try new things. <laughs> yeah, which is, which is unique because both my parents were school teachers and they probably, they were some of the ones that were like, you're crazy. What are you doing? Um, and now they're some of the biggest supporters. So uh, I think that's probably what, it, what I learned was um, take calculated risks assess how you're going to make it work. And if you have confidence in what you're doing, um, go for it. And along the way, we've been blessed with great people um, on our team. And we would have failed time and time again if we didn't have great people. And so our staff uh, has been wonderful. We are growing. (laughs) So uh, we've had a lot of new staff and they just jump right in. So I I think if anything, I could say a little bit uh, a risk taker, but really what it comes down to is I've been the thing I've been best at or, or, or been blessed with is good, good staff. So anybody that takes those risks, if they're calculated and there's a strategy to it, if you have good people behind you or walking alongside you, you'll be all right. And I think that's the biggest takeaway that I've had from doing all of this. It's, it's really a, a team effort. So let's segue that into 3D printing and how you got involved with this. How did that, how did that begin? In 2014, I believe. Um, we were tasked um, by Mayor Brown of McPherson. Um, we were one of multiple groups, so it wasn't just us, to, to be clear, uh, to find a way to build affordable housing and meet a housing need. Um, you couldn't build anything. Uh, if you bought something under $100,000, it was really old, needed a lot of work, and you had to have a lot of capital to fix it. Then if it was new, it was over $200,000, or you know, for quality, it was you know, $200,000 plus. So there's this really large gap of roughly 100 to 200,000 in the housing market where those homes aren't available. And that's a very good working class salary to buy a home in that range. So they have a lot of jobs, they have a lot of um, housing needs and they're like, can we solve it? So we can you know, help our um, you know, McPherson large industry. Um, can, we, can we solve that problem for them? And as mayor, that was his, you know, his big thing. Um, because that kept the industry uh, there and kept the economy thriving in McPherson. So we went to Las Vegas, we went to Missouri, we went to um, overseas, we've gone all over, and not just the mayor, but um, you know, us and other, other groups looking at options. We saw you know, some that you know, was spray on concrete um, that you put up panels, and then what that would do is you just slide them into um, uh, you know, into place. It was very easy to put together. By the time you got it all together, it was more than a conventional home. Um, there was things that weren't up to code. There were things that were m- mud or dirt. And so all of a sudden you're like, well, I don't necessarily want bugs coming out of my wall. Um, you know, I know it's compacted, so they're probably all dead. But the idea is you don't want that. You know, that's not a, a livable home, sustainable home. So um, really trying to figure that out. We looked at 3D printing and it just wasn't there yet. And so over the past few years, it's definitely gotten better in this technology. 
So about 2019, 2020, sort of when COVID was hitting, which then threw a wrench in about everything. And I think we've all experienced that. I mean, we're doing a Zoom podcast. So when was the, you know, were you doing those before? So that threw a wrench in everything, but it also showed a problem to us. And this is what really drove it. If we built new, it was $205,000 a unit. That means to be profitable, you're going to have to charge rents of 1,700 to 2,000. That's not sustainable. You can do that in downtown Wichita, maybe some of the other communities in the area, but you're not going to do that in a rural community. You're never going to get those rents. Right. You can't buy the old ones and put $10,000, $15,000 in renovations to get rid of the aluminum wiring, asbestos, lead-based paint, uh, fixed foundations for properties built in the 60s or earlier. So that's what our business model was based off of. And we've done both of those. And now neither one of them makes any sense from an investment standpoint. So we're like, we thought we had a strong business model and maybe we don't. So how are we going to pivot to really move into the future? and 3D printing, and we had done enough research and had enough meetings that we thought that was it. And so in December, we uh, visited uh, Arizona, and Tempe has a Habitat home for 3D printing, uh, Williamsburg, Virginia, there's some down in Austin, Texas, some in California, I'm sure I'm missing some, um, but those are really all, and there's single or a few homes um, throughout North America, but in Europe, it's very popular. So then we took um, the CEO of CC3D, Eric Ross, um, our CFO, uh, Jenna, my wife, um, who has, you know, been a huge part of the business and keeping it up and running. And then myself, we went over there, met with them, ordered our printer, um, looked at different homes that were printed. So we know it can be done. We know it can be done affordably, but really we've got to figure it out here in Kansas with the mortar mix, making sure with different temperatures and different moisture in the air that mortar mix is going to be the key if we can make it really affordable or if it's just a, you know, a little bit cheaper than, than a typical stick build. Mm-hmm. Uh, you went to Valley Center for this project. I, I, I want you to talk about why Valley Center, what made that the attractive place and what was their first reaction when you went to city officials? Sure. Great question. Um, we made the decision that um, you can print in a warehouse or you can print on site. So that's, that's some of our thinking. And we had looked at um, potential incentives for building a warehouse um, and that just wasn't going to be available. And we invested on two printers and they're both you know, over a million dollars. So you know, we've put some investment in there. We can't go build a warehouse and print there. So we got to print on site. The next thing is we don't want to ship this thing all over the place. One of our first printers with us crew and have to be someplace that's not close to, to our office. Um, and so we, we had our office uh, you know, out on 37th Street North by Jabara Airport. Um, and so we were like, let's find something close. We looked at Park City, they were great, um, but the land and the availability and the timeline wasn't as good. Valley Center had just had um, a deal fall through for an apartment complex, or maybe not fall through, but didn't didn't come to fruition. So we could step in. They'd already done some pre-platting and some planning, and they had an engineer on it. So it sped it up so we could actually start building realistically in, a, in the next couple months. And so we said, hey, we'll come. And they're like, great, we, we just lost this. And they're like, so what do you do? And we're like, 3D prints. And, and Brent um, over at the at Valley Center goes, 
I love that. I researched that. And we tried to do it in Nebraska. And we're like, what? You're, you're crazy. Like, there's no way you've, not many people have heard of this. And there's no, seriously. And so we started talking and within, I think that was May, May 13th, I think, because he'll tell the story. He's better at the story than I am. Um, and uh, Brent goes, yeah, let's figure it out. And May 13th, we met. And the next week we had an agreement. And now we're going through um, meetings with city council, city commissioners. By the way, they've been really great to work with. Uh, we're working on zoning ordinances for 3D printed homes. Uh, you know, obviously flats, et cetera, have to go through. But this is all new. And so we're trying to not only build a community, but also, you know, educate on how this works. So Eric Ross, our, our CEO, is amazing. He's smart. He's articulate and he understands construction. So he can give the story actually probably better. I mean, better than I can for sure, but better than most people in the industry from a construction standpoint. And so that's really helped. And we're doing testing um, with international agencies uh, that, that, you know, that basically show, you know, the tensile strength, et cetera. So, so these are really solidly built homes and meet all codes and requirements, which has been a big thing. That education, doing it with Valley Center has sort of given us the help that we're going to have to use it as we go to go to future communities. Uh, you mentioned zoning uh, is, is a bit of an issue. You have to take care of that. Can you talk about the timeline? That That's a, a vote that I believe is coming up in September. And then yep. assuming that all goes well, what, what is the timeline for getting started and then progress? Well, if you would have asked me, um, <laughs> I would have said, let's start now. And we'll, we'll, you know, we'll speed up the process and get it. But, um, you know, Ryan and Brent with the city have been great and laid out everything very well. And, and basically the realistic timeline of approvals is September. There's some bidding for um, infrastructure that then goes on. And because it's the city level, they have requirements to follow. And so I think if, if we push everything and say, you know, we can really start printing, it will be in October. Um, but I say that very lightly. That's the current strategy and plan. Um, it's, it's out of their hands. It's out of our hands. We got to follow the process. Um, if, if we think we can get, uh, you know, the, the basic infrastructure plan approved, um, which is all things moving forward, it looks like it will. Um, we, we estimate October, early November to, to be our first print. Mm -hmm. And then once you get started, can you kind of take me through the timeline of one individual structure, how it works? Um, you know, this basically takes takes drywall and framing and something else out of out of the equation that, that helps speed up the process. Right. Talk about the timeline. Yeah. So um, there is a, a saying in the 3D world that you can print a home in a day and everyone gets excited about that. Um, <laughs> Eric would kick me in the shin if he knew I said that on live on a live podcast. Uh, the realistic truth is if you print three eight hour um, you know sections, you could print a home in 24 hours. You're not going to print that in the middle of the night and wake up the neighbors. You're not going to print it in bad weather. You're not, uh, you know, high winds, which we're in Kansas, so we will experience that. So there's going to be uh, you know realistic timeline. We think each printer will do a home a week um, to print the, we'll have foundation and the, the interior and exterior walls done. Um, the windows and doors obviously go right in. Um, 
you rough in plumbing and electrical um, and the way the cavities are with the walls, it's actually, it's very easy, I'd say very easy. It's easier than some of the traditional construction methods, um, simple conduit drop in and um, it's already framed out as you, the printer knows where those are. And so it just prints, stops, goes to the next piece. So, um, and as we go, we put in headers, that kind of thing. So the windows, the doors, electrical plumbing, um, all is fairly simple. Um, and that's the big savings right there in time. Then we'll, um, you know, really realistically, um, we'll have roof. Um, we can talk about that. There's multiple options there. Um, but we think that we'll cut down, uh, you know, a typical home build, let's say it's six to eight months. Um, I th we think we, we can do it in three to four. Um, but I say that, and I want to make it very clear. We have done testing. We've never printed a home. Um, we have a lot ahead of us. We're going to get much better as we go. Um, and so time will speed up as we get uh, you know, more experience. So um, is the first home going to be as fast as a normal build? Um, it'll probably be similar. Uh, but that's mostly because of, um, you know, just practice experience, but also uh, we, we have a lot of uh, publicity and people coming out and we're going to be, you know, doing some training and videos and that kind of thing. So I, I'm sure that it'll be a little bit slower than, um, than what we, what we will consistently do once, once we get the, the process down. Given the exposure that you have had this summer and, and like you said, had you have not built one yet, do you feel some pressure? uh okay. that once you get going that hey this has got to be good absolutely um <laughs> so i i take that pressure um because i'm the the goofball that started it um and honestly have, have been the one that gets a lot of the questions and so my answers are the ones that are either put in print or on video uh so i probably made Eric's life a little harder and he, he'll remind me of that. That's why I have to treat every time uh, we have, you know, lunch or, or dinner, it's on me because of uh, the pressure that I put on them. Um, there is pressure. Um, I think the most important thing for me to remember in that situation, and I, I, I say this to the whole team now, people are doing it in Europe. People are doing it in the United Arab Emirates. Uh, there are people that have built 3D printed homes and most of them have no construction background. Um, their, their technology background. So when we did this, we said we need somebody with construction background because the printer will save money uh, over time with the materials, but we need to focus on the other items in the normal construction um, world, the, the plumbing, the electrical. How do we streamline those processes and the equipment we're using to lower costs because it's overall project. It's not just 3D printed, you know, homes. It's it's all of those items that we, you know, we have to account for. So we've seen it done. We know that it's possible and we know people that are doing it quickly. We saw a printer printing wall sections. They have seven to build a home. They print it in less than an hour and a half. So, I mean, it was, they, they said they can do it in 18 hours. It's a little bit different printer. It's not as big. Um, so it's more focused on sections that you ship out. So it can be done. So yes, I'm nervous, but we have, and I think I mentioned this at the beginning, we have a really good team. We have construction experts, we have technology people, and we just have, we have good people and they're going to figure it out. So are we going to be great on the first one? Probably not. Are we going to be great on the 10th one? 
we're going to be better than the first, but we're not going to be great. I think we'll start to see the scalability and the success hit when we, when we finish Valley Center will be a really good test to show, hey, this is not only sustainable, it's scalable, and we can go, you know, print the, the large number of homes that we are, you know, we're, we're targeting. So I think that's really the pressure. The first one, when we turn on the printer and everyone's going to be there, yeah, we're going to be nervous as heck, but I, I think we'll, we'll get through it. You know, Brent Clark in Valley Center has talked about, you know, there's a housing shortage in Valley Center. This is, this is going to help alleviate some of that. It can't alleviate all of it. People are moving up there. It's a good community to live in, whether there's an Amazon factory close by or not. But there is an Amazon distribution center close by that a lot of people are working at. Uh, can you, and given your background in, in, in management, property management, can you talk about how this helps or can help long-term in alleviating housing shortages? Great question. Um, I think part of it is construction is hard to find skilled labor um, and, and pay well, because right now the market is so tough uh, to build anything at a reasonably affordable rate. Our construction teams here in Wichita are doing a great job trying to figure out ways. And I'm not talking about Cranco. I'm talking about all of Wichita, trying to find ways to build quality, affordable housing. And it's really difficult. The difference with the printer is the time, the material, but also you can run this with a three to four person crew. Um, and so the technology is doing a lot of the work and it's not necessarily the laborers. So you're not beholden to just people. It is important to have a good crew, don't get me wrong, but we can have 20 printers going and that's 80 people, 60 to 80 people. If you're building those homes individually, that's a large crew. So I think that's where it can make an impact. Um, as we figure out mortar mix, as we figure out um, the, the overall speed of these, when we, when we get some experience beyond just test prints, which, you know, test prints are great, but you're very methodical. Um, you're very slow, you make mistakes. I think you'll get past that. And we, we will, within the first 10 homes, we'll get to a, a pace where we're comfortable and we'll continue to speed up. But I think that's the difference is it's materials, time. Um, so that lowers costs, but it's also the labor um, shortage that, I mean, I think everyone in Wichita, whether you're in construction, accounting, uh, technology, you're, you're experiencing that. And so that maybe even Amazon, you know, maybe they're having a tough time. I've heard hiring. So, so those are all areas that I think it provides value and I think can make a dent in, in the housing shortage. You're, you're, hopefully two months out from starting the first home. Can you tell me about your anticipation level right now? You, you've mentioned nervousness and confidence and some sort of mix. <laughs> um, uh, so right now, um, two months seems like an eternity with everything that's going on. Um, our first printer arrives, well, it's supposed to arrive this week or maybe early next. Um, you know, there's a shipping issue. So <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're, we're experiencing that too. Um, even a chip for our computer um, is made in the Ukraine. Um, and so, so all of those things impact it. So honest to goodness, we thought we were going to be printing at the end of July, early August originally. And now we're, you know, we're waiting to get the first printer. So I think the anticipation excitement of that is right, right in front of us. And then we're going to get it and we're going to put it in you know, at our office and, and play with it and see if we can, you know, start to you know, do it on our own without the trainers um, and, 
if that's you know goes well, I think the anticipation excitement will will peak. Uh, you know, here in September as we we get all the requests. I mean, we've had, and I'm not exaggerating, hundreds of people reach out um, to say, "Can we be there at the first one? What you know? When is it? What what can you tell? Can we come video? Can we do um, all these different uh, different things?" So I news requests it, in our normal business with apartments, we don't get any news requests. Uh, unless it's something bad happens. So, so this is all new. And I think that's probably, you know, some of the nervousness, but excitement, like you said, uh, and, and confidence is not in anything that I'm doing. It's just the confidence in the team. And I think that's, they'll figure it out. And uh, if, if we, if we just go in with an open mind and saying, Hey, we're going to make mistakes. This is not going to be perfect. Just like any home. I mean, anytime, a, you know, stick built, never perfect. But there's ways to work around it to make sure that it's a quality home. And, and I think that's the mindset we have to go into this with or or will be if we're perfectionists, we're going to be miserable. So mm-hmm. um, that's that's sort of where we are. And I'm just hopeful that we can we can execute our strategy. If we can do that, uh, we'll be really pleased. News media or not, I think you're going to have a lot of gawkers come October. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we. I've had people in California call and ask, "Hey, this is a bucket list item. Can I come see it?" And I'm like, "Interesting." I was like, "I, I mean, if you want to fly out, you're welcome to come. I guess, uh, you know, I, you know." And they they were like, "Sure, okay, just let us know the dates." I said, I, I, "I'll do that." That's so. tremendous. While I've got you here, I, I think it's a good time. You know, you've got so much background in developing apartment buildings and then the housing market here in town. Can you give me your take on the current housing market in Wichita? What do you see right now and in the near future? Well, I will do my best to answer. Um, I definitely would say I'm not an expert, but I'm in it. So uh, so if I say anything here, it's just my opinion. And uh, I'll, I'll definitely preface that because, um, you know, our experience is a little bit different. We have developed and redeveloped apartment complexes. Um that's probably not our strongest point, but we, we went into it because we can't find good deals to renovate or redevelop and developing normal apartment complexes is, is very expensive right now. So that's why we went with the 3D. Like I said earlier, um, rents are, are going up. Um, Wichita is one of the most affordable, livable cities. And I still think it's very difficult to find good housing here. Um, and that's not that's not a Wichita problem. That's a nationwide problem. But if Wichita and the state of Kansas is going to be competitive with, you know, bringing in employers, um, I, I got to listen to some wonderful um, companies speak on their need for not only employees, but housing. And they, they're going to have a huge number of jobs, but they don't have anywhere to put the people or anywhere to bring the people in. And how are we attracting people um, or talent to the area? It was phenomenal. They were, I mean, those companies had it together and I was really impressed with them. I think, you know, you hear that there are housing opportunities and there's a lot of development going on, but there's such a shortage that that's not going to cover the, you know, cover the need. People are like, well, 3D, that's going to disrupt construction. No, it's not. I mean, it might a little bit, but okay, let's say we print a hundred homes in Valley or units in Valley Center. Okay, Valley Center could probably use another 300 after that. And I, I, I believe they're working on options to do that. Um, we're not the only you know, game in town. There's so many good developers here. And I think really it's, it's 
we're proud of Wichita. Uh, my wife and I and our kids live here. We love it. We live in Old Town, so it's wonderful. Um, there's a lot of opportunity Wichita has. Then you look at that, and that's why we chose Valley Center, close to Wichita, part of the community. We can get there easily with our team. Our next project, you know, we're, we're looking around Wichita for, for more deals um, and more projects because we want to impact our community. The state, you know, you have the huge Panasonic um, bill. They're going to have, don't quote me on the numbers, but 4,000 jobs, and they're short in housing already. Um, there's a huge dairy farm going out in Dodge City um, in that area. And one of the biggest issues, they don't have housing. So I think that's a bigger, broader problem than just anything that we can solve. We're trying to get a piece of it. And I think if, if we can be creative, think outside the box, and we have wonderful minds here in Wichita. We have a great university and we have a lot of great universities in the state. If those people start to think and, you know, bring ideas and everything together, I think you can start to impact it. But right now, um, you can't build it fast enough. But the other thing is the rents aren't caught up to what it costs. So the developers that are doing this are putting a lot of skin and risk in the game. And that's okay, because ultimately they'll benefit. But the first one there sometimes doesn't always get that huge profit. It's the second buyer, that kind of thing. So, so I think for me, the biggest thing is how do we make it affordable? How do we you know, the supply chain issues, the, the cost of lumber, all of those things. How do we get that to a place where we can build affordable housing to, to help Wichita grow? Mm -hmm. You mentioned not being able to build it fast enough. You're sure going to try. And we're going <laughs> to we're going to try watching it this fall in, in Valley Center. That's for sure. Graham Crane of Crane Company. Good luck to you on this project. I think we're all going to be watching with with eager anticipation. And, and, and thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Kirk. That's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 272. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thank you very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow was where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.